0: I love that song. Words spread like fire. You can't keep this kind of thing down. Like when you see something like this, you just got to tell somebody. You got to share. You can't keep a lid on it. Is almost too good to be true, except it was true. Everybody's heard about miracle cures that turn out to be snake oil and con artists. This one wasn't. I mean, this guy, he wasn't a con artist. He was a chemist. He knew his stuff. And he had discovered something that would guarantee weight loss. He guaranteed 10% weight loss a month for the first year. And the fact is, it really did work. He he went all over the East Coast selling this. His name was W.I. Swain. And he went everywhere selling this successful little pill. It's actually two. You had to take two pills, and that was it. And you would lose weight. Now... I don't know about all you, but that sounds kind of exciting to some of us who could use a little weight loss there. But when it came out what the secret was, that changed everything. You see, each of those little sugar pills that he gave out had a little tapeworm egg in it. Yeah, that's right, tapeworms. Guarantee you'll lose weight, you know, Ignore the other side effects like cysts on your eyes and on your spine and the whole malnutrition and death thing that can eventually come from it. I had a social studies teacher share that with me back in high school, and it stuck with me about that story. I had to look it up uh, because it just really stuck with me about the way people can just fall for goofy stuff sometimes. Now, I find out when I'm doing research today, uh, or, or modern days here that it might be an urgent urban legend. There's no real proof that this actually happened, but I believe it. I mean, come on. People are foolish. We look for easy answers and quick results and get rich quick schemes and lose weight fast games. We're suckers for that kind of stuff. We want the easy way out of things. In fact, just a few months ago we had a couple here in Phoenix who heard from the president of the United States that if you take chloroquine you can be you can be protected from COVID-19. Now whether or not that works or not what they did is they found an aquarium cleaning solution that happened to have that in it and they took that and the man died. And his wife ended up in intensive care. Now I'm not here to mock them. I've been foolish in my life. I've I've gone the quick get rich quick scheme way of doing things myself before. But I share the story just to say we look for the easy way out in things. We look for the simple solution. Good morning. For those of you that don't know me, I'm Pastor Roger. And we're going through a series right now called As You Are. As in, come as you are to God. The idea comes from an idea of the Alcoholics Anonymous way of doing things. The 12-step way of doing things. And I ask you to bear with me with some patience. If you heard this last week and the week before, because you're going to hear this little part here every week, because I think the vision side of this is important to get across. And it's important to share for anybody new who might be tuning in the idea that church could be like an AA group. Because what happens when you come into an AA group, that first time you can be stumbling drunk, falling apart. And when you walk into that meeting, they say, Welcome. And that meeting, that first day that you're sober, they give you a little chip and they say, congratulations, 24 hours sober. And if you keep coming back, you get another one the next day and another one the next time. And you get one at a week and a one at a month. And you get one at six months and a year and 18 months and two years and so on and so forth. Reminding you that you're making it. And they work together together. It's, it's important to recognize that it's not just a chip that makes everything better. They actually work a process. In fact, the, the the motto that they have is the 12 steps work if you work them. And they walk through these 12 steps together. And w- when you get into the individual meeting part, individual group sharing time, you you tell your story and you stand up and you say, hi, my name is John and I'm an alcoholic. Everybody goes, hi, John. And they're welcoming. Why? Because everybody sitting around in that room is an alcoholic and they recognize what it is. And if you're an alcoholic and you get up there and you start to make excuses, they call you on it. They tell you you're full of crap when you're full of crap. And they say, it's okay. I recognize it because I'm one drunk talking to another. I can help you see what I see that you're just making excuses not to deal with it. And... The idea for church is that we do the same kind of thing, that we're welcoming. When people come in, welcome, friend. Welcome, traveler. We're glad you're here. We don't have little 24-hour chips. You've been at church once. Here's a chip. That'd be kind of funny. But you can come back. Welcome, friend. Come back again. Welcome, friend. And eventually you become a brother and eventually you're welcoming other people in and eventually you're helping them walk down the path just as someone else has helped you in walking the path. And here's the thing that happens with 12 step groups is you can be sober from alcohol or pornography or drugs or whatever the heck you struggle with eating disorders. You can be sober for 20 years and fall off the wagon and you walk back in You've screwed everything up, and they don't say, you're a failure. They say, welcome, friend. It's your 24-hour chip. It's an encouragement to keep going because we're all going to screw up, and all we're going to fail. And it doesn't necessarily have to be talking about alcohol, as we kind of use for the example here. It could be Pornography. It could be drugs. It could be eating disorders. It could also be things like depression and anxiety. It could be any other unhealthy patterns in your life of anger, of abuse. that's either been done to you or abuse that you've done for others. You see, recovery is possible with the right methods and the right help. We talked last week about the idea that the first step is admitting you have a problem. You've all heard that cliche in life. And that's true. As a church, we talk about the first step is recognizing that we're all sinners. Every darn one of us. And if you can't get to the first step of a 12-step program and admit there's a problem, then that's a problem. In fact, we're going to talk about the second step today. And here's what you see in the AA and Celebrate Recovery literature is if you can't stand up and say, hi, my name is John and I'm an alcoholic at an AA meeting. You don't move on to the second step. They tell you, go back to that first step. Do some study. Get some understanding. Let's talk through this and recognize if you don't realize there's a problem at step one, you can't move to step two. Because you can't fix anything until you recognize that there's a problem. We talked about that last week. And if you missed it, I encourage you to go out on Facebook and watch our video of the sermon from last week. Because this stuff's important. It matters. If you can't stand up and say, hi, my name is Roger and I'm a sinner. I struggle with depression. I struggle with anxiety. I struggle with anger. I struggle with control issues. Heck, I struggle with a lot of things. Can I tell y'all I'm a mess? I need God in my life because I can't get help until I recognize that I need him. And I can't get help until I recognize that I'm powerless over the issues in my life and that my life becomes unmanageable because of these issues at times until I can admit that they're there. Share another secret with you. As a pastor, you can look around any room that you happen to be in from this room in a sanctuary here at the church or your house, if you're joining us from home, go to the grocery store, go to work, anywhere you go and look at the people around you. Every single one of them struggles with issues that are unmanageable in their life. The secret is some of them hide it better than others. I get to talk to them later down the road. But just know, don't look at someone else's life and go, Man, I'm screwed up. I wish I could get my stuff together like they've got it. Yeah, they don't. They're just better at hiding it. So if you can admit that you have a problem, in our case, we're talking about sin in general, sin that goes all the way back to the beginning. When Adam and Eve sinned, we believe as Christians that we've inherited that original sin. It's genetic. It's inside us. When you're born, you're born into sin into the brokenness that is this world. And I'll tell you what, life is so much easier when you recognize that. You see, because if you go through life thinking everybody, everybody's pretty much basically good and then you're honest with yourself and go, man, I'm a screw up, but everybody else must have it together. No, look around you. The people you meet, the family members, oh, the family members. That ought to give you a hint that nobody's got it together. So once you've recognized that, what's what's that next step? I'll tell you what most people do. They recognize they've got a problem, and the first thing they do is what's called white-knuckling it. That's a term of sobriety. That's a term from the 12-step groups. And the idea is if I can just hold it tight enough together, I can get it together. I can do it myself. I can solve this. And so if you're an alcoholic, you go through your house you break all the bottles that you have. You throw them all the way. If you're a drug user, you throw them all the way. If it's pornography, you turn off the internet. I'm just going to be good. It's like like riding that county fair ride, like the roller coaster or something, and you're holding on for dear life and gripping. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And it works for a little while, two weeks, three weeks, a month. That's the whole thing about the whole miracle cures thing. We can have these miracle cures that we think are going to work, but they don't work long-term. Get rich quick doesn't get you rich quick. Losing weight fast, you gain it all back. Even diet pills with tapeworms, eventually you have to deal with the real problem. And people apply that in other places. You have depression? Just take a few deep breaths. Deep breaths. There's marijuana for your madness, aphorisms for your anxiety. It's like Saturday Night Live if you watched it back in the day. There was this guy on there called Stuart Smiley. And he would have aphorisms to make you feel better. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And gosh darn it, people like me. You can keep telling yourself positive things like that. And hey, that's not bad. It's good to be positive. But that doesn't solve the issues. It's like smearing peanut butter over the bread. It covers everything up, but it doesn't solve what's underneath. Self-help. I worked as a bookseller at Bookstar when I got out of high school. Loved that job mainly because it fed my habit of reading books. So I got to take home all kinds of free books. Biggest section in the store, self-help. Here's the little hint for you. If self-help worked, you'd already be okay. Self-help, yoga, exercise, fresh air, positive mantras. None of this stuff is necessarily bad in and of itself, but it doesn't get to the heart of the problem. White-knuckling it doesn't work. Trying to solve this yourself doesn't work. Proverbs 14, 12, one of my favorite Proverbs says, there is a way that seems right to a man. Oh, But then you read the rest. There's a way that seems right to a man, but that way ends in death. Have you ever watched that in someone else's life? Or maybe in your own? Where you make a choice and you think you're on the right path and you're doing the right thing. And everything goes completely wrong. Looked like it worked for a while. Well, heck, taking that tapeworm made weight loss easy for a little while. But that way led to death. You see, the next step here, step two of the 12 steps is we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. We admit we have the problem. Our life is unmanageable. And now we recognize that there's a power greater than ourselves that can restore us to sanity. And I will tell you of all the things in 12 step programs, this is the one I struggle with the most with AA, especially and some of the more secular programs. Because they use the words higher power. There's a higher power something greater than ourselves that can make us better. But they say that higher power is as you understand it. Except it doesn't work that way. There is a higher power. I'm here to tell you that I wouldn't do my job the job that I have unless I believed that there was a higher power. But it's a specific one and higher power can't be vague. There either is a God or there is not a God. You can't just make something up in your mind and go, okay, that solves it all. It just doesn't work that way. I love that our God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Jesus Messiah, his name is called Yahweh, which means I am. Just that. God exists. His very name is, I am, I exist. It pre-assumes, there's no doubt, God exists. And faith is good, but so are logic and facts. If you don't know God, I invite you to call me. Here at the church, 956-6969. Call me up, I'll buy you a cup of coffee and we'll talk about it. I would love to share with you about this God that we have. And the logic that leads you to him. You see, people sometimes tell you it's all about faith. Well, it's not all about faith. It can start here as well as in the heart. You can use your brain to follow your way to God. Because it makes sense that he's there. And some people say, well, there's all these religions. How do I pick one? Well, you got to use logic there. You got to think your way through it. Because they can't all be right. They can't all be wrong. And I'll admit that but I believe firmly that you can find yourself logically to God and understand that the higher power is something specific and it can't be you. I'm not the higher power. You're not your own higher power. My wife and I are watching this Hulu special right now on Scientology and that's the whole core of the idea of Scientology is that you are the higher being. Baloney. It just doesn't mesh with the facts. I know when I wake up in the morning, I don't particularly feel like a higher being sometimes. Most of the time. And usually when I feel like I'm a higher being, I'm wrong anyway. The higher power is God, the creator of the universe. The first line in the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. And just like having to accept that first step in the AA program, you have to accept the first step that God created the heavens and the earth. That's the first line. Once you recognize he's the creator and thus can do all things, you recognize that's who you can turn to for help. Jesus tells us in Matthew 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive, and he who seeks, finds, and him who knocks, it will be opened. Is there a man among you When his son asks for a loaf of bread, would give him a stone? Or if your son asked for a fish, would you give him a snake? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your own children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? God is there to help if you just cry out to him. But recognize it's his will, not yours. He's not some sort of genie that you rub a lamp and you get everything you want or a cosmic vending machine where you put in the quarter and put your selection in. It's his will that you be whole. It's his will that you be healed in the way that you're going to be healed and your job is to find your way through that. And it starts with salvation. Romans 10:13 says all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's an invitation. Come as you are. All you got to do is cry out, Jesus, save. It doesn't mean that all your problems are going to be solved in this world. It does mean God will begin working in your life when that happens. You see, you can't fix yourself. There's a party going on upstairs, and you don't even got to get dressed up for it. All you got to do is show up. Philippians 2.13 says, it's God who is at work in you, both to, will, to his will and to work for his good purpose. Ephesians 2.8-10 says, for it is grace you've, by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no man may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand, so that we would walk in them you see in aa the attitude is you may be sober for 30 years you still stand up and you say hi my name is john and i'm an alcoholic the attitude of christianity is it doesn't matter how long you've been here you may be in your 70s and been a christian all your life you still stand up like that person who walked in the door first the first time and say hi My name is Roger, and I'm a sinner. You see, sanctification, that process by which you are healed of many things, and you grow as a Christian to be a better and better person, closer and closer to Christ, that comes from recognizing that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. That comes from the recognition that you need God because you can't do it yourself. That's humility. Psalm 5117 says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise this. See, the big, big criticism that you see of Christianity is all the hypocrites in the room. Well, that's true everywhere. there's hypocrites everywhere. But we're not supposed to be hypocrites here. We're supposed to be able to say, "I'm a sinner. And I don't get it right all the time. In fact, that's part of the sanctification process is admitting that to others when you screw up. If we hang out long enough, I'm going to sin against you and you're going to sin against me. You're going to hurt someone else's feelings and they're going to hurt yours. The growth piece of that is admitting that, that you're sinners and that you need God and need his help and you need the people around you and going to them to fix that kind of stuff. If you notice in those two scriptures I just shared in Philippians 2.13, it says this is for his good purpose. And in uh, Ephesians, it says we are his workmanship created to do works he prepared for us. God is the higher power and it's his will and his purpose that we work for. And once we get that orientation correct, that hierarchy correct, in many ways, things get easier because at least you know When things are hard, you got someone you can count on. You know there's a purpose. You know there's a meaning for whatever you're going through. Alcoholics Anonymous works because one drunk recognizes and rescues another drunk and brings them in for help. Christianity works because one sinner recognizes another sinner and rescues them. And brings them in to get help from God. And I'll be honest. That helps not always easy. It's not easy to grow in Christ. It's not easy to be humble. It's not easy to admit that you need help from God. And help from others. There's a, there's a uh, quote. A phrase that is used by the Navy SEALs. The only easy day was Yesterday some ways, that's true in Christianity. Things don't get magically easy. We've got somebody walking with us. We've got God with us. We've got our brothers and sisters. And it's through that constant work and constant growth in that way. It's through that making mistakes and learning from them. It's through that rubbing off against each other and kind of grinding on each other's nerves and irritation and all the stuff that happens in life. And learning to seek forgiveness and learning to repair and reconcile relationships, and learning to deal with the problems over and over in life, that's what makes the difference. Because the fact is, the easy way is never the easy way, because it never works very long. Do you know that tapeworm diet thing actually is a thing? And it still exists today. You can go Google it online. There are places in Mexico where you can go and buy a little pill with a tapeworm to lose weight easy. And hey, while you're Googling that you can find out how to get rich quick and see if that works for you too. The tendency for us as humans as the sinners that we are is to try for that easy fix, but the real truth is we can't fix ourselves and we can't help others to get fixed unless we admit that and go to God and turn to him ourselves and those tapeworms might work for a little while for weight loss and A vague notion for higher power might help an alcoholic for a little while, but neither are the real answer. The first step is admitting that we have a problem. And the second step is recognizing that we need God to fix it.